Welcome to the EAT Podcast. This is episode number 21. I'm your co-host, Jerry. The other co-host over there is Russ. Russ, how you been? It's been the uh, the week or two from hell, I gotta tell you. We've been technical difficulties, delays, so much going on. Can't wait to uh, find out what you've been up to. What's up? Well, in the immortal words of Bill O'Reilly, fuck it! We'll do it live! <laughs> Just before we go live, I have a computer crash. I mean, it's oh, <laughs> unbelievable. Really, I, uh, you know, li- real life gets in the way and it just takes over at the worst opportune times. As right now, I get a antivirus protection thing on my computer. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, all right. So we're back at it. Episode number 21. We got a lot of stuff going on here. We're going to talk uh, NFL week four recap, two wildcard games in MLB. NHL season starts in about a week. We got two guests coming on uh, for round two of their appearances, Ryan Schofield and Sean McCaffrey. They'll both be joining us very shortly. Um, one is a Cardinal fan, so Ryan, I'm going to apologize now for your uh, your loss last night. It was a hell of a game. Uh, it, it really was. <laughs> I didn't expect the way for it to end the way it did, but it was great. We'll get into that in a few. And then... Uh, Sean's going to come on. Sean is a published author. He has a book on Amazon about the Rangers and their rink of honor. We're going to get into the NHL preview with him as well with some current event news uh, starting us off. Hey, Russ, Conor McGregor threw out the first pitch at a Cubs game a few weeks ago. And I got to tell you, it was something. I don't know if these guys get a phone call and they go, hey, you want to throw out the first pitch of the game? All right, be here this date and time. We'll give you a ball and you go. And these guys just here's, go, oh, yeah, it's easy. Here's my, I'm going to do it from 60 feet and we're good to go. Yeah, what amazes me, I played, ba- I played baseball all my life. I can't for the life of me understand it. <laughs> what the fuck can someone not throw a baseball? Just throw it, you know? I mean, you got Conor McGregor, who we're going to play the video clip for you in, in, in two seconds. I don't even know what the hell was going on. I don't um, want to hear that he has a broken leg or, or whatever because that, that's not an excuse. You could you could throw it flat-footed. Gary Delabate from the Howard Stern Show, Baba Booey, is one of the all-time classics as well. And I think that these two, after looking up yeah. bad first pitches, I, got to be one and two, no matter how you're putting them, one and two. I didn't, bring up, I, I didn't bring up the Baba Booey one because actually it's not one and two. <laughs> I got a couple more that are worse, but play the, play the Connor video. <laughs> This this was Connor. I don't know why I, c- I couldn't find one with sound, but this is a hell of a first pitch. <laughs> and he went on to say, because people compared him, people compared him to Fifty Cent, and it was horrific. But I got a couple others here that were uh, quite horrific in their own in their own right. So here was the Fifty Cent one that he got mad that <laughs> that was. I don't even know where the hell that one went to. And then this this poor this poor schmuck of a lady here. Uh, this was, I guess, was the Royals game. It doesn't. It didn't tell me who she was, but uh, oh next time the, the next time the fucking cameraman will get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> but the, 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 the throwing into that other guy. <laughs> I don't know, but my my my, my all time favorite. You need the sound for this one here. Well, they have sound with it, so this was my all-time favorite first pitch. See if you can get the sound going there, buddy. No, I uh, this thing. What? No, I don't. In the junk. Oh! 
that's probably the worst first pitch of all time. Wow. I'm sorry. That, that, that one took one right in the nuts. So. You know what? But, uh, go back to that one. Let's go back to that one again. I might have the sound for this one. All right. Catching his pitch is the former chairman of the Jimmy Fund, Mike Andrews. By the way, I found out how to, right, to, found out how to fast forward and slow down a video. <laughs> all right, Jordan. Yeah, fired in there, all right? Hit the camera guy's nuts. Oh! All right, so uh, oh man, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, in other news, now uh, Jeopardy's got another runner. Yeah, Matt Amodio AD. Matt Amodio uh, <laughs> has won thirty-three straight shows. He's now the second winningest, uh, second winningest Jeopardy play. He just passed James Holzhauer for second. And uh, why don't I say second place again? It's crazy. Um, yeah, he's up there. So. It's kind of fun when somebody gets on a real run with, with uh, Jeopardy. You know, I feel like Jeopardy, since Ken Jennings, Jeopardy now is putting these guys with runs together. And when the minute, I want to say it's, you know, 10 or 15 straight shows, it starts picking up some steam. Now, these shows are all taped in advance. They do five shows in a week and they're done. So whoever's been on the show, if these are filmed already, they know what uh, if this guy's won or not, depending on what's going on. But yeah. So he, they filmed X number ahead already. And we're all behind. But this guy could have lost, and we don't even know. But he had, the other night, he won $83,000, which was uh, impeccable. I mean, this guy, he's going all in on, on questions like James Holzhauer did and just mowing at the field down. It's unbelievable. Uh, you got some, uh, we got some weekend uh, shows, TV shows going on here. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> let me just say, I'm a huge fan of Billions. Uh, Billions is one of the best shows out there. I would put Billions in the conversation with Game of Thrones. I would put Billions in the conversation with Breaking Bad, Sons of Anarchy. It's probably number five in my top five, I would say. Uh, show is great. But anyway, oh, hold seasons. on. We got Papa Cove in our message board here. Foods that start with the letter. And all I can think about is Rosie Perez going quiche and the, uh, and her, who is, who is Babe Ruth? <laughs> great, great movie white man can't jump so damian lewis plays bobby axelrod on uh billions great show about the stock market and things going on behind the scenes with a hedge fund you got uh i'm sorry yeah <laughs> you got uh you know u.s attorney and his wife tied in uh, the wife works for uh for the, the hedge fund she's the girl from uh sons of anarchy and Paul Giamatti is in it. He's the uh, he's the uh, U.S. attorney. That guy did he have surgery? Have you seen him lately? You got to look at that guy. No. He, he was blown up, very uh, swollen, I guess, or whatever. But I don't know if he had uh, lap band surgery, went on a diet, something. He completely changed his appearance. Completely. I saw him for season five when it came back after COVID. Looked like definitely got his act together health wise. It, it was unbelievable. It's amazing. But anyway, Bobby Axelrod, Damian Lewis is leaving the show with the five seasons. I don't want to ruin how season five ended if you're not caught up, but uh, it left it with a cliffhanger. He could obviously come back if he wanted to, but for season six, which is dropping in January, he's not going to be there. Uh, Ross, I haven't watched one second of Squid Games, but I'm hearing all about oh, it. So, good. Uh, so you got to get over the, the, the dubbed English, uh, you know, so you, it's it takes place in South Korea, 
the original show is in Korean, obviously. They dub it into English. Okay. It's actually a pretty decent dub, so it's not hard to get over. But it essentially takes people that are in debt or at least more degenerates that are you know money hungry and invites them to play this game for money. Okay. And they end up playing simple children's games. And the thing is, is that if you win all these games, you get this prize money. Okay. But if you don't, you're eliminated. And what does so, eliminated entail? <laughs> eliminated is exactly what you think it is. But the players themselves don't know. They think that, all right, you lose, you're out. Uh, they little do they know that if you lose the game, you, you lose your life. So let me ask you, how so, many seasons in are we? And is this something I should have been? No, this is one season. One season. Okay. Uh, I think it, it left something for a second season. Okay. But uh, really great, really great uh, show. It, it, it pits player against player. Who, who can you trust? Who can't you trust? And you kind of, ne- you know, you never know what's going to happen next. And so. we're, we're not watching this for children, obviously. Oh, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, absolutely not. Unless your children are into a lot of um, – Blood and gore, and people get killed. On the blood and gore, it's not, level, it's not, you put it at a not, uh, Game of Thrones not, level or a little bit less. Uh, probably around there. Okay, but it's not a horror. It's like a. It's more like a like a thriller kind of. Like I said, is not who done it, but you know who can I trust as far as you know these people are like living together in like a dorm. Well, and uh, but any anything goes. Well, now I'm gonna binge watch it and. Uh, the in the in the coming episodes, I'm definitely going to uh, give you my input on it now that uh, now that you put it that way. But and, and with then, all the hype on social media, I just haven't had the chance to do it. I'm definitely going to do it now, though. Yeah, it's good though. Um, and then in the other big news, Game of Thrones was one of my favorite shows ever. Yes, with the worst fucking finale ever. Yes, and I, I actually enjoyed the last season. I enjoyed the fight against the White Walkers. I I, I was fine with all that. My only thing was is nobody, fucking except for George R. R. Martin, apparently, wanted fucking brain on the throne. And you built a war up between Grey not a war, but you built something between Grey Worm and John, and they never capitalized on it. And then you took the whole storyline that John was a fucking Targaryen and just was, threw it out the window at the end, was like, oh, it really didn't matter anyway. <laughs> but so now Game of Thrones has a spin-off called House of Dragon. Yep. And the preview for the first season launched the other day. And I said, listen, I, I can't get myself involved again. And then this, I watched this fucking preview and it sucked me right back in. And now, yes. now I'm, now I cannot wait for blonde haired people to get it on with dragons. <laughs> so it, it, it looked incredible. And uh, I, I, I'm going to watch every fucking episode. So, and it's not going to be basically where this prequel ends. Game of Thrones is going to pick up. It's going to, there's going to be no, some this, I, in between. I, 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 I believe this is taking place like, you know, hundreds, hundreds of, of years, years before, before, you know, but, uh, and this doesn't really have to do with any books. I believe this, this is simply the showrunners basically ran, ran with it and doing what they want. So, yep. um, all right. So gotta be sucked in again. Yeah. All right. So we have our first guest, Mr. Ryan Schofield. All right. Let's uh, this is, uh, do some little uh, number two for Ryan. Welcome back, Ryan. How you been, buddy? Ah, uh, well, speaking of getting sucked in, I was ready to, you know, have a nice peaceful October. Then the Cardinals had to win 17 games in a row and make me give a fuck again. So that uh, that's been it's been a rough rough tough day, you know. 
It's, no, it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt. I'm sorry. But that's what like my Mets do. Yeah, it's like Mets usually suck me in at the end of the season and they fail I die and the thing is is that this is a recent phenomenon for the Cardinals one of the benefits that they have always done for me is that in the games where they're facing elimination that they don't win it's usually pretty obvious by the third inning like they've gotten blown out in some game sevens and some you know some games they could have gotten back into it like when the Cubs beat us there was no doubt they're winning that game I lost you know at Beth Schwarber hit one that is still sitting there on the top of the fucking building there you're kind of like, all right, this one's not, it's just not going to happen. The worst part was all of the parallels that this game had to the most painful game to ever watch, the 2011 NLDS Game 5, when Chris Carpenter and Roy Halladay do, dueled. Because the Cardinals scored one run, and it became very obvious that was the only run they were going to score the rest of the night. I had to watch that in slow motion last night because Wainwright throws one bad curveball, couldn't have thrown it to you know, I don't know the belt shot, but he threw one bad curveball and Justin Turner, the fucking ginger freak, knocked it over the wall. And I was like, I don't know if the Cardinals can score another run. And they had many opportunities to score runs, which was the most frustrating part of this. Nolan Arenado, we got you for a reason. You were up to bat with guys in scoring position several times. Locate a fucking base hit. We're not asking to hit one over the wall. You could have made an impact, bud. Yep. Yeah, the... Uh... But I hate to make you relive this, but for those of you that uh, didn't know what happened last night, the uh, game was tied 1-1, bottom of the ninth. It's every, and, every little leaguer's dream, this situation. Yes. You know, people on base and a struggling Chris Taylor came to the plate, and here's the, here's the reaction. Let's get some sound on this. St. Louis, Louis with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning. Chris Taylor, Taylor, a struggling hitter. Dodgers, Dodgers trying, trying to walk it off and go to San, San Francisco. Francisco. Reyes fires. Swing it to the Deep left field. This is the way back. Look at the ball. Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor with the moment of his life. And he's had some big moments. A walk-off home run. It's six career postseason over, and Taylor, a struggling hitter, delivers in the clutch. Yeah, you got to admit, you're right. It's unreal. Every every player's dream, you know? Well, what's even worse is that when they, you know, as a Cardinals fan, we're sitting there and a couple of me people are talking and we're going, I hope that Reyes does not come within 60 feet or six inches of any Dodger with a bat in their hand. That's just the only thing I'm thinking. He was great to start off the year. He's a little mentally fragile. He's a little overworked. He fell apart completely down the end. Nothing more reassuring than when they're introducing him as the pitcher before the broadcast cuts out. They're going, a former all-star who lost his job. <laughs> you know, like, it's, <laughs> it sounds like a story more than it sounds like a guy who's going to try and close out a game for us or at least get us another opportunity to then score runs. And he hangs a pitch and the, a struggling hitter hits it over. Meanwhile, Noel Arenado had four hanging sliders in one count and all he could do was fucking foul one off. Anyways. <laughs> wow. Oh. All right, so obviously that was one wild card game. The other one was the legendary, uh, legendary rivalry between the Yankees and Red Sox, and it really was no contest. The Red Sox just put it to them, six to two. Was the uh, Garrett Cole was the big story, the three hundred million dollar man, and went out and just shit the bed. And you know, you're gonna be a Yankee, got to perform in the playoffs. So 
You're gonna get paid thirty something, thirty five, thirty seven million dollars a year, whatever, whatever his crazy number is that they gave him. I mean, really, you have to do a little bit better than you know three innings pitched, or not even three innings pitched in a big spot like this. I mean, before the game happened, you had Yankee fans predicting he's going seven strong, three hits, one run, eight Ks, and the game's gonna be six nothing. Well. <laughs> Look at what happened, guys. It was nowhere near yeah. that. Yeah, well, end of the game, you got the test the Yankee fans just going, whatever, about 27 rings. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I hope I live long enough for fucking somebody to fucking shut that, take that away from them. I would love nothing more. I don't care if it includes the fucking Oakland A's winning 17 straight so they get the 28. Just so I could never hear a Yankee fan ever fucking utter those words ever again would be priceless. Uh, I can only imagine if the Mets ever got there. It'll never happen, but. Come on, three straight world championships. Uh, hey, I got to ask you guys. The the lead up to the AL wild card was something. Now, I mean, you had four teams in the mix on the last day of the season. It's obviously what baseball wants when they added the extra wild card matchup the way they did a few years back. The NL wild card was set weeks ago when the Cardinals were in the middle of that seventeen straight game run. You knew they were the, the team that was going to play the Dodgers or the Giants. Well, the game. thing was, what made that run impressive, they were beating all the teams ahead of them throughout the run. Yeah. But they were, four, they were four back. They had a 2% chance to make it about a month ago. And then they but reeled off seven. And then they had a clinch. You knew a 10 straight, 11 straight, like, holy crap. All right, these guys are going. They're gonna. They, there's no way they're not doing this. They're not going to catch Milwaukee, obviously. But at 11, right. 12 straight wins, you know they're going to be the wild card team. Yeah, yeah, it took a little bit away from it, but then you still had the the Giants and the Dodgers were still in a race though, which made it interesting. And then the, which is and the Braves and the Phillies. It's weird the wild cards decided, but everything else just still, was still in competition. So, so was, I guess. So let me ask you, uh, being the Cardinals fan that you are, the way it is. All right, we lose him. The Uh-oh. the matchup. You hear me? Yeah, yeah we now. the matchup. The matchup that was in place was the Dodgers and the Cardinals. The winner of that game now is playing the Giants. You have the Giants with 107 wins. You have the Dodgers with 106 wins now playing each other in the divisional series. Have you guys seen anything well, wrong with this? I, so this is this is the fix they need to make because it was originally set up that the wild card couldn't play the first place team if they were in the same division because they didn't want a divisional matchup. Yes. But then they changed the wild card rule. It should reset records. That's what yes. I believe should happen. Um, the, the Dodgers would still not have home field advantage to whoever they play as the wild card, I would think. But that's the system that I believe should be in place. Um, I mean, this is this is the NLCS they, now in the divisional round. But to an extent, though, that's I mean, but is, is are the and these are seven game series now, though. So I mean, it's. It's to an extent, though, I'd almost rather you got to beat this team one way or another. If they're that good, you got to beat them one way or another. So I almost am always the philosophy get it over with. <laughs> yeah, but as the team that won 106 or 107 to now play the team that won the opposite number of that, it just looks like crap. You, you jump in the gun by a series, and you're giving the other teams that won 90 and, eight and, 90 and less than 90 games not a free ride. But a less difficult path now to the NLCS to play one of these it mega is, teams. It is a less difficult path, and this will be the only time that this would ever happen. I mean, it always has to be that they're in the same division. 
you could have settled this in the regular season. You had 162 games, and you had 19 against this team. You know, you've lost all reason to complain, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, I just, as an outsider looking at this, and as a baseball guy, I, this was the NLCS matchup I would have expected from people, not in a divisional round matchup. And I'm wondering with the labor agreement coming to an end, and you know, possibly renegotiating terms of a lot of different things, whether it's the universal DH, um, whether it's uh, maybe an expanded playoff team or two, if this might be in the conversation as well now because of the way this – and again, this could be a 4 nothing sweep. This could be a seven-game classic. This could be you know, the best series of all time for, for all we know. But for this to happen now, it just I think it's a bad look for baseball. It's well, a five-game series. This is an unforeseen circumstance. I mean, like, you can't – like, there's the, you know, unpredictable – the idea that, okay, we're ever going to have it be if, – if, okay, let's just say if it was the Dodgers had 106 and the Braves had 103 wins, are we going to be complaining about it so much? How often do two teams in the same division have this fucking record? Usually you win 106 games, you win your division. It's a very, very big anomaly that is, you know, unforeseen. And, Russ, you were saying these are five-game series. They're not seven. I know, so I, I, I'd rather see the Dodgers and Giants in the seven-game series. So it does kind of fuck you up that it's such a big matchup and it's a short series. Yeah. Personally, it's, it's not I think even it, seven I think, games. It's only five. I know. I think all, all baseball should be seven-game series. You only have basically two rounds to, to play to get to the World Series. Just make them damn seven-game series. I agree. I was unaware of that because I kind of just, you know, last year, like, I just kind of was out on, I, wasn't, I don't want to say I was out on baseball, but it was just, it wasn't the same. You know, I just kind of just, I watched the Cardinals lose to the Padres. That was it. And then I kind of, I follow along, but I wasn't like game to game as much, but I didn't realize that this series, because, you know, every year has had different rules than the year before and next year is going to have other rules. If there is a, I, there's a decent chance baseball ends up in another fucking strike um, coming up. It's, it's possible. The, it's, so, it's, I would not be shocked if it happens. I'll just say that much. All right. So before we really get into the, the matchups here, um, it should be known that Mattress Mac in Texas is at it again. Place a $2 million wager on the Astros at plus 1,000 to win. If, it, if the Astros win the World Series, it pays out at $22 million. It would make it the largest payout in U.S. betting history. Crazy. It must be nice to be this guy that, to have just millions every year just to throw out on all these different bets. Well, he yeah, but there's this. a whole gimmick associated with it. Yeah, he does that deal. That's why he does this. Yeah, it's all it's all like a way to promote his business. He's a fucking genius is what he is. Yeah. That's why he has money. <laughs> if the Astros win the World Series, you get, what, a free mattress? And he'll so pay off. If you buy a mattress from him and the Astros win the World Series, he'll pay for it for you. And sure, he sells a boatload of mattresses during the year, but to you get a, that cost, he places this bet. Yeah, so you will. Everybody already is going to be rooting for this team anyway, so it's like, ah, oh, I got a chance for this thing to be free. Well, I, you know, like, what the fuck? I mean, everyone gets their juices, got flowing. It's good for the community. That's great. All right, so we got first matchup going. We got the Red Sox versus the Rays. What are you thinking here? I, 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 my father was a Red Sox fan. I know he's a Red Sox fan. I still say the race here. Just the, the team is too good. They're too good of a baseball team. They're not centered around one. You know, they only hit homers. They only do that. They, they are a complete baseball team. 
like the worst thing that would ever happen for the sport of base or the major league baseball would be if the Rays and the Giants were to play in the World Series. The best thing that would ever happen for baseball fans would be to watch those two play each other because they literally are the two best baseball teams. They don't have the best players. They play the best baseball. I agree. I agree. Um, the Rays, like they have, I mean, they have, the Rays have a minor league system that could probably come up and be about a 65 win team right now. They, and yet they don't even have, and that, that's what they're not even paying their players they have on their major league roster. Loaded with all kinds of talents. They just find the best ways to get, every, you know, the best out of everybody and not spend a dollar. And then they're making the push. Like when you suddenly have a guy like Nelson Cruz now in the middle of the lineup, we're not talking about, okay, this is some unknown power guy. This is a guy who I believe has the most home runs and RBIs over the last five years in baseball. Or yeah. And the other thing, too, is I think it's going to hurt the Red Sox that you don't really have a completely healthy J.D. Martinez. Yeah. How do you roll your ankle running out to take your position? Like, I'm sorry, but I fucking well, had, I had neurotic episodes if I even touched chalk with my fucking cleats, let alone touch the base. Like, come on. Listen, shit happens. You should live my life. I once sprained my ankle stepping out of a porta potty on job. <laughs> I'm not fucking kidding. And, yeah. and by the way, the playoffs um, have started already right now. In the top of the ninth, you got Houston with a 6-1 lead on the White Sox. That's about to be wrapped yeah. up real quick here. I don't I don't know uh, the White Sox winning this round, right? This, this series yeah. is long gone already. <laughs> no, I mean, aside from no Springer, you really have the same team with the Astros that have been the last few years. They got the experience. You know, I still got Granky in there and uh, with Charlie Morton. They, uh, they're they still pretty solid team. They got uh, Lance McCullers. They got, they're, they're a little yeah, different. McCullers. different so Charlie Morton's on somebody. Is Charlie Morton on, on San Francisco? Charlie Morton's on Atlanta. Yeah, he's not He's not on uh, Houston. Uh, sorry. Too many fucking names. <laughs> um, We're what old. do you call it? Yeah, the White Sox don't 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 excite me at all. You know, I'm sure the uh, the Yankees would like to have Lance Lynn back. You know, after he failed with them a few years ago, he got shelled yeah, today. today. Well, I mean, not today, but still, it might 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 have been pitched better than Garrett Cole the other night. Um, what other? Uh, well, the whole thing I know is, and, and I, I hate to defend people like Cole, but this is okay. You talk about all the money that he makes. How about those fucking guys making all the money that put up one run? Or two runs, yeah. they got a second run in the fucking. Uh, if you the, the same with the Cardinals, we can talk about you know Reyes giving the home run pitches. I'm sorry, you score one run, you're not winning a lot of games. Yankees, you score two runs, you're gonna win a few more games, but not as many. You're right. Bitch you're about right. the, the pitch, uh, bitch about the pitcher if you get if you score five and he and you lose. You're right. Like Arenado, Goldschmidt, these guys are supposed to come up there and match the ball. They really they didn't. They didn't we got you for this there. reason. And I will say that forever this wildcard game is going to be the John Sterling game because I wasn't watching. I was driving back from work, and I got to hear John Sterling call Stanton's first ball out of the ballpark as it was bouncing back into the field of play. That's when he knew he was going to have a chance. <laughs> He's had some doozies, I got to tell you. Uh, this was this, like worth a short fly ball to, to second base. He's made seem like a home run in the past. <laughs> yeah. He actually says yeah. he's out of the ballpark, and he's, wait, why is he standing on first? Am I missing something here? <laughs> like, he's having a conversation with himself on the air about what just happened. The guy is 80. Um, I'll give him that, and he's still doing this. So, yes. I guess our, la our last question with baseball here, does anybody really give a fuck? 
about the Braves Brewers series. I actually, it's funny you should mention that. He's fired a wager on the Braves uh, series price. Um, I, I think the Braves are going to win. I see nothing in the Brewers that you, I really don't even know how the Brewers won the division. Nothing on that team even jumps out at me as just, you know, like no, no monster hitters, just all, you know, I don't know. I see they play more. Teams. The Cardinals swept them recently, and I watched them, and they had they, at one point in time in the beginning of the season, they had amazing starting pitching, but these were some guys who are bullpen guys who started last year who now are having their first full season as starters, and they've never thrown more than, like, fucking 70 innings in a season, and now they're asking to be pitching into the playoffs? That's where yeah, they're I, running into the trouble. Yeah, looking at the stats and everything and all the teams, I just don't see – Anything that scares me. I think the Braves are going to take this one. Austin Riley had a monster year. Uh, Ozzy Albies, too. I mean, um, Duval, yeah. I mean, they're, listen, they're, they're the loss of all. Then you look at their numbers, and you're like, oh, he had 35 homers? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. The loss of Acuna was big, and I thought they were going to tank, and they, uh, you know, they, 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 they did pretty well for themselves. They certainly tried, but the thing was is that that was a division of going, who wants to fuck this up worse? And honestly, if it wasn't fair, if Bryce Harper could have gotten a little help, maybe the Phillies get there. But, I mean, the Nationals, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but if you were ever in a fantasy league and the trade that the Nationals made to the fucking Dodgers ever happened, you, you, you'd be out of the league that year. You, you would fucking you cancel. You'd be like, yeah. I'm quitting. You just, the and worst the team, streets. the fucking best team, they're two best players, like, that's, and then now just rides out, you know, like, I don't know. Think about this. The MVP finals this year are going to be three out of the top five guys are going to be Juan Soto, Bryce Harper, and Trey Turner. If only they would play on the same team together. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they did, right? That's the joke. <laughs> fun, funny you mentioned Juan Soto. He was uh, he was at the game last night with, his, with the hitting coach. Yeah, sitting in the front row behind the plate, and they gave uh, Scherzer a high five after the game was over. Based on the way that happened, based on Juan Soto's ability to hit at baseball, I'm pretty sure him and his hitting coach are never very far apart. His hitting coach is probably like Stan the Caddy in Seinfeld, where he just advises him on everything. Yeah, right. But. All right, well, who, who All right. thinks winning this whole thing, guys? Let's just make a prediction here right now. Let's just, you know, let's just throw. Uh, I think I think the Astros are going to win it all. I actually think Mattress Max got the play to go. Those guys can hit the ball before they were banging trash cans. They're going to hit the ball afterwards. I want to say the Rays get over the hump. You know what, Russ? I'm going to say the same thing. Uh, we got we joked about this the last few episodes about Tom Brady going to Tampa, the Lightning winning two cups in a row, the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl and being the favorite again now this year. Rays got to the World Series last year and didn't make it. I think this year is the year the Rays do it, and Tampa becomes the new title town for uh, for the foreseeable future right now. I, I, I'd be fine, though, with anybody else winning it except for the Dodgers. As long as the Dodgers don't win it, I'd be fine with that. Which, by the way, the Giants are plus 140 underdogs I just saw in that se- in the series price, and I'll be fucking making a couple wagers on that, I think, because... Listen, that, can't, that series is going five. It's going to be a classic. It's going to be. It's, it's going the, five. The thing it's going to be classic. The Giants are the scariest team in sports because they are the ones that have usually ca- have the Cardinals. The Cardinals usually take care of the Dodgers, and then the Giants sweep up after that. The Giants, I said this earlier in the year, the less that you can explain it with the Giants, the more it makes sense. Could you name me five players in their starting lineup right now? No, you probably couldn't, but guess what? They all hit 20 home runs this year. They were like third or fourth in baseball with home runs, and I don't think anybody hit more than 30. 
Is it frozen? No, it's not frozen. Oh, it's just him. I, I thought he was just giving me the evil eye for a second. <laughs> oh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was just like, wow, he does not like my take right, right now. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not going to have enough time for Sean tonight, so we're going to have to. Uh, All right. He's got to, he's got to, he, he can only do it to eight, so we're uh, running, uh, it's already a quarter two, so. Yeah, I don't shut up, my bad. Well, uh, no, not you. Not you. Me and Jerry just, uh, me and Jerry just have to do hockey by ourselves. So let's, uh, the Mets, well, they didn't, not that they fired their manager. They didn't renew his contract. So essentially the same thing, I guess. But uh, <laughs> they, they, need, they need to clean house. Apparently, everybody but their pitching coach today, like every assistant coach got demoted to the minors or something. I was reading, I was on the way home. So I didn't get to read the full thing. But Part of me says, if that's true, if they got if they demoted all their assistant coaches to the minors, then if they were bad enough that they didn't succeed, why the hell are you keeping them in the system? Yeah, why, fire. why are they doing this? Uh, it's the Mets. Let's that's, that's just let's just lead with that part. And, <laughs> and, and did you say the Mets or the mess? <laughs> the me- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, Freudian slip. Um, if either one was fine in my book, even as a Mets fan, so. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Theo Epstein's not going to partake in this mess in Queens. No. That would have been the him. guy to fix it. He broke the two uh, two longtime curses with the Red Sox and the Cubs. As a Mets fan, Russ, you had to have wanted this guy in there, right? Theo Epstein's the guy to break, break the, the drought for 35 years in the Mets now, right? I, I would I would think so. I, I think that at this point they need to do some serious. They need they need to to spend and spend right and start breaking up some of this core that's there because, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm confused as what the hell they're gonna do. The JD Davis, Baez wants to Mets stay. Fan. What's that? The JD Davis is it for Mets fans. You still broke up, so can you hear? Um, me? Yes, but you broke up both times. You said J.D. Davis. So J.D. Whatever. Davis doesn't cut it for me as if I was a Mets fan. Yeah, no, I think he's solid, but it's just you're right. It's not, you know, even 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 Conforto, dude. Sometimes he looks great. Sometimes he's weird. Nimmo, same thing. Just I'm getting tired of seeing the same people, the same result. Even even Pete, dude. I, I kind of the guy's a pure awesome power hitter, but that's it. He, he's not really that great of a hitter, and kind of getting tired of his attitude per se you know he's at you know oh put on a big smile we're gonna go play and is now and listen ever since he made that fucking stupid comment they went on a massive losing streak and out of the playoffs and it's it, all of them even the thumbs down how this just shut the fuck up and play baseball but it, it was seeing the same people the same moves even even though it's a new owner and cohen the same moves again and just listen it, it's time to change something if no if they were healthy you have Tawan Walker, Carrasco, Syndergaard, DeGrom. Yeah. And Listen, who was the, the fifth starter for the Mets, Russ? Stroman. Stroman. Well, he wasn't the fifth. He was the No, he but pitched Stroman. My, Stroman my, and Walker pitched Those five guys, if healthy, should have won 97 games in this division. That division should if, have been wrapped up. If healthy. If healthy. That's the thing. But that's, but that's every fucking year. If it's every year. Noah Syndergaard praised himself on Twitter like the second he embraced the moniker of Thor, and I love it. But at the same time, the guy gets into like Twitter wars with people, and it's like, listen, dude, 
You can't even stay on the fucking field and do a full fucking season. Yeah. I wouldn't be talking shit. And the thing you is, know, if, if the Mets ever got into a post game postseason, I mean, with the way that the Grom can throw, they they have advantage over. It's it's a, it's a different series when you can throw the Grom out there. I completely agree. You're facing yeah. guys three Listen, times. Forget I mean, it. Those games are over. That's how if you're going a three games. The Grom yeah. had one of the most amazing. When his time he was pitching this year is probably the most amazing pitching we've ever seen in the history of baseball. And it was so long ago it's been forgotten about. <laughs> like, yep. uh, I know. The guy was uh, – he was incredible. And you got to think, dude. He was hitting a shitload, too. I mean, he was going to be the yeah. MVP. Like, there was a point in time he was a minus money favorite for the MVP. And the only reason you would not bet it is because you didn't know who the guy that was going to win it would be. But it was like, okay, if this guy stay healthy, he was uh, – Yeah. You, you, like you said, though, in a seven-game series – you go into Grom, Syndergaard, Stroman, either you know, either Carrasco and and it's Walker. Then you restart it all over again. Yeah, like you know, you're going in game six and seven to Grom and, and Noah right over again. You know, the uh, but again, they never stay healthy. They always say or do dumb shit in the media. Somebody fucking punches a wall and fucking breaks his hand, or he fucking stabs himself with a fucking uh, Swiss Army knife in the fucking leg. Was it was Jason Isringhausen that did that? And there's not a better match made in heaven right now yeah. than the Mets. Baez even our, fucking, even, even our fucking mascot, mascot, even our fucking mascots can't stay out of fucking trouble. Which I do. I have a sticker on my hard hat of the fucking Mister Met giving the fucking finger <laughs> coming around. It's classic. But even our fucking mascot can't stay out of fucking trouble. So I'm I'm just tired of it. it, it listen, it's a clown uh, show. It really is. The the GM's getting arrested for drunk driving. You know whether you're guilty or not. Just putting yourself in that situation is. Is not good. The uh, I mean, you think about it. The, the GM before that had ba a bad text message exchange where you know sexual harassment's being accused with uh, inappropriate texts. Yeah, but even Mickey Callaway, even after and you can go back even further. Doesn't Steve Phillips, their general manager, for a while? Didn't he get fired from ESPN for being a perv? Like, you know, what goes on behind closed yeah, he doors? Did, he, he did something, dude. Yeah, it's Steve Phillips. Freaking, it's a clown uh, show. It really is a clown a, show. Mickey Callaway, you know. And people talking about, you know, Wally Backman is possibly the next coach. He's down there. But didn't Wally Backman just get, like, his wife, like, two years ago, accused him of, like, domestic violence or some shit? <laughs> I hope I so. If you're wrong, you know? Didn't he get involved in something? Was it, wasn't, he, wasn't he coaching the Long Island Ducks? A while ago, yeah. he was, yeah. So <laughs> The one that John Rocker played know. for? Yes, it's it's a clown show. It really is. A lot, a lot of, listen. A lot of people have come on come on Long Island and played for the Ducks. I think Edgardo Alfonso played there too. Like you know, he did. Nobody, people thought he retired like eight years ago. He was still playing fucking minor league ball. No, he was there. Trying to get some pussy. All right, the uh, out out west Padres fired their manager. They uh, another dude, team they, that had an epic collapse. It looked like a three headed race in the West, and then. Uh, they just absolutely fucking tanked. Um, I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. I, Blue, I need a new fucking. I need a new fucking chair. This chair the, kills my back every week. The Blue Jays and the Padres are teams that are being built to compete with these big boys the next couple of years. You watch. Well, the Blue Jays. What, what was it? Uh, first time in a while or whatever. It was four players. Over 100 RBIs or some shit. Two guys had over 40 home runs. Yeah, two over 40 and like four, and four of them over 100 RBIs. And they didn't make it yeah. because of the division they're in. 
When you have guys on oh, base all the time, it's easy to not, it's easy to get RBIs. That's the thing. Those guys got on base and they they just mashed the ball. Steven Nats like, a hell of a year for them. For another former Met who goes somewhere else and pitches great. I thought I needed to have my eyes examined when I fucking looked and I saw Marcus Semyon had 44 fucking home runs the other day. Like, what? Yes, came out of yes. nowhere. He was the guy yes, that fucking... He was the guy that if you got an injury in fantasy baseball five years ago, you picked him up off the waiver wire and put him in as your shortstop because he at least got a because couple. Because he minutes. played four positions. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking, like, all right, now like like last year, I remember sometimes as an MVP candidate, and I was like, yeah, okay. Then I looked at his numbers, like fuck, kind of is. But then this year, <laughs> he's not, he's an afterthought out of all that, and they got a little while is going forward. That they are building up towards some special. Flag Guerrero is only getting better, like. Like, we were talking about this today. Someone was saying, wow, he gets to learn everything with his father. It's like, no, correction. Nobody taught how Vlad Sr. how to play baseball. Therefore, he can't teach you how to play baseball. But what he did is he hired the best people to teach his son how to play baseball. Yeah. Vlad, go out there and go, yeah, do what I do because you just can't. I'm, I'm looking at the Blue Jays stats right now. I mean, you had Vlad Guerrero, 48 home runs, 111 RBIs. You had... Marcus Simeon, 45 home runs, 102 RBIs. I don't even know who this is. Toscar Hernandez, 32 home runs, yeah. 116 RBIs. Bo Bichette, 29 home runs, 102 RBIs. What, what did you say, Bo Bichette? Yeah, Bo Bichette. Dante Bichette's kid. That's how old we are, Russ. We got guys now that were you know, legends when we played or all-stars when we played. I know, but I, I don't kids think now are, are all-stars. I don't think you caught what I said, though. I said Boba Fett. <laughs> no, I completely missed it. <laughs> you know, but you got those guys putting up monster numbers. You got Springer, you know, who was lurking in the background, only played 78 games this year, hitting 22 home runs. If that guy was healthy, he probably would have hit 40 as well. Yeah, he's another one that he wanted a big contract and didn't really <laughs> deliver this year. I still would have took him. I still would have took him on the fucking – I still wanted him on the damn Mets. Yeah, why not? Trying to look up prop bets for the fucking Rams Seahawks now. I, f- I forgot it was totally right <laughs> I took the overs on uh, Robert. I got Robert Woods over 61 and a half uh, or 63 and a half receiving yards and uh, over 21 and a half for his longest reception. Seahawks are, are, are bound to give us some big plays, and I think they might key on Cup a little more. Woods hasn't had the breakout game just yet. Ryan, you missed our episode a few weeks back where I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl and Russell almost lost his shit. <laughs> so as I go on, is that it's just really funny is that I, I'll, I'll start having a better grasp of the NFL coming around week eight or week nine, but it is hilarious how much you listen to people talk before the season start and how little they know and then how <laughs> – and, then, and I'm not saying that you don't know what you do, but, like, everyone looks like a genius for a couple of weeks, but it's like, you know, okay, like, I was here and Tampa Bay was never going to lose again, and they're all, they were almost 2-2. Two and two. Yep. Um, so it's a long, long season, and, again, um, this game is just decided by field goal kickers and referees at this point, so just good Basically. luck. <laughs> it's running. Now, now, you got, now you got Russ looking at these game, looking at these prop bets in this game, you know, for – it's so like unfathomable to like, 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 literally, like Aaron Rodgers the other day. Like when, like, when, like, people are saying beforehand that you know, oh, you gave him thirty-seven seconds, you gave him too much time. Did we? Like, is it so inexcusable to not stop this person from like? How is it that these guys just can't go down the field every fucking time? 
But then the last drive of the game, it's just like, all right, yeah, we're going to call these two plays. We got this. Like, is it that they save those two plays just for that moment? I, I really, I can't, it, it blows my mind, but like, I still can't believe that Bill Belichick picked that field goal because not the idea of that, okay, giving Brady any time. It's just that you counted on a guy making a 56 yard field goal in the fucking rain. Like, yeah, it, uh, you know what, though? That would have been Belichick esque with that game, with, with, with Nick Folk making a 56 yard and, and, and him squeezing by. Gadget plays. I mean, that was the, we're pulling out the, the all stops. I mean, you know, when, you, when you're, which, by the way, maybe a couple more plays of with uh, Nikhil or whatever his face is, uh, throwing the ball down the field that's not named Mac Jones. He threw a pretty good ball. <laughs> I always like love a, that. Like, I remember, like a college I remember, game with the option play. Like I remember, like with Jarvis Landry one time, he threw a touchdown pass to Odell Beckham. It's like, do you think that maybe they should just have him throw all the deep passes because it looks way better than Baker Mayfield's? Like, <laughs> all right, I'm matching you. You're Robert Woods over 16 and a half yards. I, I also took DK Metcalf at even money over five and a half catches. I was thinking about that one, but I love having the option of in-game betting. That's where I really make my bones. Well, I, I can't on mine. Uh, I can't do in-game. I can do in-game for, for football, but only basically team total and over underscore or money line. And I, I'm a, I'm a player. I'm a player bet. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like player props. Dude, I, I was I like huge. on uh, Gronkowski has been paying off big time this season for me. Dude. I like these special props. Like, man, like I lost on one the other night. I mean, I, I let up losing like a couple bucks out of all of it and said done, but it's like, it's the overs, but you get odds based on numbers. So, like, I had Mike Evans at plus 250 if he had more than seven uh, catches. You know, so he had seven seven catches or more, had that one. Like, combinations of 100 yards and touchdown pays off, you know, like different are little you, things. Are, like laying, are you parlaying these? You can't. I, I'm with, I use a guy that's local, so I use a website that goes to sweet parlays, but like, when New York gets their head out of their ass and we can fucking bet that, yeah, FanDuel lets you parlay that stuff. Dude, did you hear? I, I can't. Those Some are like monster bets. Those bets have been monster money. No, there was one guy that cashed for 126. Some guy made 20. 126,000. No, some guy, another guy made about almost 25 grand. Uh, he made it on the Yankees Red Sox game. Okay, he made about a tw under 25 grand on a 50 cent bet. Oh, he parlayed, yes, and it was final score six to two. Um, Somebody would hit – I think two other guys would hit a home run. Like four different guys to hit home runs. Yeah, and it was like 50 cents and one whatever fucking – It was almost a, a 50,000 to one bet. It was like a 49,000 to one bet. But yeah, the other guy who I love too, he had the $126,000 bet, the parlay for the uh, – this is what's great to come about legalized gambling because they were showing this guy's like live stream on fucking their YouTube channel. And I want to watch the guy who has $500 now with a chance to win 126 not hedge his bet and watch the game. I want to. I want what that guy's got flowing through his veins. Yeah, they I can't do amazing uh, sports here. This this show could change in the snap of a finger. <laughs> um, I can't do same game parlays, but I, I don't do. I used to be the parlay master. Ryan knows that. Um, I don't. I, I most most of my stuff is single bets now. I, I barely parlay anything. I occasionally will parlay a couple player props from different games for football, but that's about it. And if I parlay anything now, it's two game parlays. I, back in the day, betting 25 bucks for six game parlays that win me like fucking 900 or a thousand. Those days are over. 
Yeah, I, I mean, every week I'll throw in at least one lotto ticket, as I call it, where it's a couple of underdog or plus, plus naughty bets that I'll parlay into one. And that's just kind of like the – I get so much enjoyment out of the, oh, my God, like there's a moment in time where all five of these are winning. That, like, experience before oh, I start I, I know. That's like the best feeling in the world, but I know it's all too too good to be true. In the third quarter, everything's winning. Everything's going to hit. This oh, is dude, a great run gonna, and all of a the fucking the, – the, the, I got fucked by both New York football teams last week pretty badly. If the uh, I would have hit a bunch of bets. I had teasers going on with the uh, the, the the Titans and the fucking Saints. You know, I, I gotta say though, I, I like how fan. I guess FanDuel's doing it. I haven't really seen, but the way they used to do it in England is, let's say you had a five team parlay, and you hit four of them, you can cash out. Yes, for yeah. less money. You know, yeah. you know how many times I I've hit shit and three games out of three games out of four. Five games out of six, and that's that last game that screws me. Listen, half the time I would have been like, all right, I hit four out of five. Fuck it, I'm taking it. That's why you hedge if you that have. I mean, you can always. It's a matter of the whole thing of like you know, like I mean, yeah, if you can get a partial payout, that's great. Like, I just hate that feeling of that if like I take my money out and I watch the fifth team win. That just feels like I lost a bet all of a sudden to me. That's when the problems kick in. I I, I understand what you're, you're saying, but it just happens so many fucking times. Yeah, that's why you keep doing it. It's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Keeping with the betting theme real quick, uh, every week, Ryan, Russ and I do a three-team uh, bet of the week on our uh, our Twitter. And I got to okay. tell you, Russ, Russ is five and seven. Now, this is with the spread. We're using the score uh, website, the score app, as our uh, betting lines. Russ is five and seven, and I'm six and six. I guarantee you, now it's only four weeks in, I guarantee you when you come back on the show around week 15, I'm going to probably be about, you know, 10. I'm only I'm going to have about 10 wins. You watch. The, the 6 and 6 is a complete uh, illusion right now. And you're going to see one of the biggest burns in, in betting the next couple of weeks. You watch. Anything that I bet on, guys, go the opposite way. It's going to hit. You watch. I'm Being 6 and 6 four weeks in is not a normalcy in, in my betting world. Around week eight is when I start rounding into form because I have an expression with the NFL and it's sometimes I have to lose 500 to make a thousand because <laughs> I tell her, no, no, there's a reason behind that is that when somebody like when I get into a rant with somebody about sports, it's probably because I lost money on the person I'm talking about. So like you go, oh, it wasn't that bad that game. And I can cite like three fucking costly errors that, you know, affected my, my livelihood that week. Yeah, I, I, you start to remember things a little better when there's a dollar figure attached to it. <laughs> like Nolan Arenado, when I had my bookie, the $100, because I, I had before the season started, I had a 16-to-1 ticket on the Cardinals to win the National League. And cool. that was a great – that turned out, like, if I wanted to make that bet going into the playoffs, they were going to be about an 8-to-1. So, I mean, I had all the value in the world. Oh, I yeah. could have had that, but I mean, I'm not. If they had they won that game, I would have looked into making sure I took out at least a thousand out of it. You know what I mean? That's a heck of a bet, though. Sixteen to one. I mean that that and and then they're winning all these games in a row, and you're like, oh, this oh. is gonna pay off. This is gonna pay off. And then now. how about this one? Fucking well, I mean, they came back to win it, but just to come this close and have half it taken away. I know two people who had some decent sized wagers on Vlad Guerrero Jr. to lead the league in home runs. We tied. So you get paid half the money. So it's like, wow, I hit a $4,500 bet or plus 45, you know, hundred bets. But I only get half of it because some other fucking guy and the guy who fucking had Salvador Perez to lead the league in home runs. Oh my God. 
Yeah. He lost out a lot of them. Preseason. Probably like in the freaking 100,000 to freaking, you know, probably lay 100 to win a fucking 10,000 or something like that. Ridiculous. Like, I mean, the guy had never hit like, like he was a catcher. I mean, I don't even know if they post odds like that. I would have, I would think Gary Sanchez would be a guy in that conversation, but not uh, Salvador Perez. Well, I mean, they probably, you probably have to find a real degenerate place to even list the guy like him because they usually like a lot of places. No, I'm serious. A lot of places will list like, 30 or 40 names and then they'll just do other and they'll just have something on, on there like i mean you, you have to find the real i gotta go to some real seedy places in vegas and the actual people take a bet on you know yeah i fucking uh adam duvall or something like that you know, like these random you know names hey russ what are your uh real quick what, you... what? before nfl week five starts do you want to you have any any surprises that have happened through week four that you uh you want to comment about yeah, I'm surprised at how well the the Panthers are playing. Okay, they've done pretty well, and now they just uh, up their defense with the getting uh, Stephen Gilmore from the Patriots. Um, and the, the Bengals three and one playing pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, one of those wins was against one of those wins was against Jacksonville. I guess one of the Carolina wins was against the Jets. So, but you know, yeah, I think they're playing pretty well. And, you learn how to win, and I was a little leery of this, but I had heard something that Joe Burrow wanted to run the same offense that he ran in college. He wanted to be able to spread people wide and call plays to the line of scrimmage, and it's like, well, with no offensive line and only like 10 games under your belt, maybe that's not the best idea. He looks very comfortable out there. Him and Jamar Chase are literally running some of the same patterns they ran at LSU. There's like little videos, mashups of them, and the play that got them into field goal range to win that game that was him calling the play in a line. He audible and called that play and drew it up. There's some. They're not going to be the playoff team or be a threat to win anything this year, but the Bengals are a team that I would not like to bet money against, and I'm looking at everybody that's watching this podcast that's thinking, oh, my God, Green Bay minus three is a layup this week. That's a scary bet. Watch out. Yeah. Yeah, both Green Bay and, and, and Cincinnati, three and one. And the – as I asked people on this one, because I had somebody text me and say, wow, the Bengals are only getting three points, or the, uh, the, the Packers are only given three points. How the point spread works, that means if this game was being played in Lambeau Field, the Packers would be a nine or ten point favorite. They would not be a nine or ten point favorite against the fucking, against the Bengals. No. I can tell you that much because the Bengals were actually a favorite. If you look at it, they were only catching two and a half in Pittsburgh. One, Pittsburgh goes to fucking Green Bay the next week, and they're only catching five and a half. That means there's a lot of value in that line. I don't want to get into the X's and O's of it, but if you just follow the number that way, that will tell you that Cincinnati is a good bet. Fuck. Yeah. Definitely a bunch of good matchups. I'm not ready to make I probably would have listened to this event. Bengals minus th- uh, Packers minus three. All right. <laughs> I'm not ready to make my picks yet for Sunday morning, but uh, you know, I'm looking at the games now. You've got a bunch of good games to, uh, to just watch, not even just bet on, but Tonight's game, LA and Seattle look good. Green Bay and Browns Seattle looks like Browns, really good. Browns Chargers looks like a good game. Yeah. Bills Chiefs. Bills Chiefs. Bills Chiefs. Russ, yeah. you got the Colts on Monday night against uh, Baltimore on the road. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me. Uh, what's it like having a redheaded quarterback? Uh, um, <laughs> you know, actually, the funny thing is, it hasn't been him. It's, it's, it's it's strangely been our line. Now we lost a lot of Quentin Nielsen. I you, know, you, you, can never, you can never tell that we had one of the best lines offensive lines in the league this year. They uh they look terrible. 
My thing is, is that I don't think that, and I got picked up on this watching uh, the the Amazon series when he was on the Eagles. I don't think that his teammates like him, Carson Wentz. So that's why the offensive line is not looking as good because they're not willing to go the extra mile for him. I think. I don't know. He actually seems like he's been playing pretty tough and and and, and hanging in there, and he hasn't made a lot of mistakes at all. I, I don't know. We just we've shot ourselves in the foot with terrible red zone play calling. We've had numerous possessions in the red zone in every single game that we come away with 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 nothing, and it had some really bad, really bad play calls. They're not going to be a fun team to bet against for that reason as well. You look at the final score, and all oh, the Colts suck, but they move the. If you bet against the Colts, they're in the red zone every. They're in enemy territory every drive. It seems like, and if Jonathan Taylor can get what the hell happened to him? If he can get back to being like. As a fantasy owner of him, I'm, like, pissed off because all of a sudden I start seeing fucking Hines is getting the ball and Marlon Mack. It's like, no, give it to Taylor 25. Well, Mack only got a little bit, but Taylor got it. Taylor got a good the other game and, and had a couple of really nice runs. And, yeah, for a guy that had 1,000 yards last year rushing, you well, know, you, you want more. Well, we haven't been running the ball a lot. You know, we've barely been getting, you know, 20, 25 touches a game between Hines and, and – and, uh, and Taylor, but uh, I'm surprised Matt. It's Max kind of weird. He requested a trade, hadn't played a single down, and requested a trade. Then all of a sudden, now he's, you know, getting a few touches in the game. But three running backs don't work. Taylor Hines is the perfect. Taylor's the cowbell, and Hines is the, the, the you know, the guy that can spell him, but also be the out of the backfield uh, receiving specialist. So I like how you slipped and said cowbell instead of bell cow. <laughs> yeah, more Leave cowbell. cowbell. <laughs> um, what are your, uh, I guess, touch, well, two things here. I guess uh, the NFL returns to London this weekend. Uh, if anyone thinks <laughs> I'm fucking waking, if anyone thinks I'm fucking waking up at 9 a.m. on a Sunday to, to watch the Jets and Falcons, you got nothing coming. I won't. If I was watching that game, it's because I was doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> that's only because you haven't gone to bed yet yeah <laughs> um and uh what do you think about uh in the morning to watch that like what are your, uh, what are your... no, wonder they, no wonder they don't like football over there this is what we give them year after year like yeah because well, any know. any decent team is gonna be like yeah we're not fucking going to london that's the problem yeah um you know but what, what do you what do you think about the jacksonville situation with uh Urban Meyer now. That's a, that's a disaster now. Another clown show. Like I taught, said about the Mets before being a clown show, Jacksonville is another clown show. I, I mean, it's like <laughs> I just like the, the 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 don't just don't lie to me. Don't you know shit happens. If you just said hey, it happened, but when Urban Meyer pretends like I don't know what that woman was doing, like yeah. I, I don't know. I never know why fucking skinny hot laws decide when I'm sticking my finger in their ass that they want to fucking answer. <laughs> oh. Like seriously, I mean, like if your high school football coach that happens to, he's fired. Like that's just like Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think and somebody said that his the picture that came out, like on Instagram, or somebody posted that Urban Meyer's wife even liked it or something. I heard some Dude, crazy shit. About someone tweeted the picture and said his wife deserves better, and she liked it. Which is that's even like oh, that's what it was. Like you, you gotta realize now, like because I, I actually know somebody who, like, 
ended up when because I'm near Saratoga and Dave Portnoy from Barstool was in the room. You know, she ended up in her VIP section. And she got thrown out because she wasn't doing anything on her phone. Like she wasn't videoing him, but she was on her phone. And let's just say he may have been doing some less than flattering behavior in that you know situation. And they were like, "You got to get out of here." Like you know, and then they think you know, like they. When you're a celebrity now, you got to have somebody making sure that no phones are out. That's just, you know, if you want to get away with it. phones have ruined it for everybody. It's not going to happen, though. But you're right. You got to think anybody you are. Pint House, there's probably a back room there somewhere, no? (laughs) Yeah. You think at all times there's a camera on you, especially if you're flirting with some little, you know, 25-year-old blonde. I just like, like I, that's one of those like, things where you can tell how much power a college coach has because that's probably acceptable for college. Like, yeah, team, I'll see you in a little bit. I got got some things to tend to when I go, you know, here, I'll, I'll see you in a couple of days. Versus, you know, like, you know, you go on a bender, like, how do you get any accountability? Like, it's like, you know, like, let's face it, we all have probably had a boss before that when they go to ream into you, or maybe the reason they don't ream into you is because you've partied with them before. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh listen, phones have phones have ruined everything. It uh I sell them for a living. I'm like the modern day tobacco salesman. <laughs> <laughs> hey Ross, what was the Atlanta, what was the Atlanta Jets joke you had real quick before we get Ryan out of here? No, that was it. That nobody was gonna fucking get up at nine nobody o'clock in the morning. Up at nine thirty. Um, I have this sickness that uh, I wake up anyways, and what's the degenerate? Like, if I, if I just put a $20 bet in there, I don't even need to get coffee. I'll just be good to go for the day. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we want to thank you for coming on, buddy. Love you guys. Yeah. We'll see what, see what happens with the uh, the playoffs here, and, you know, hopefully uh, maybe we'll have you back on again for a MLB season preview in the spring. Maybe yeah, uh, after, Robert, after Robert Woods catches that fucking 70-yard touchdown, you better believe it. <laughs> I'm down with I'm down with that one, so all right. Have a good night, thanks, Ryan. All right, you gotta, gotta give me two seconds. All right, let's reset the show here. Oh. Reset the show. I gotta, I gotta reset my fucking back. We didn't get to Sean and I want to apologize for that. We had Sean scheduled to come on and uh Talk about the Rangers and the NHL preview, which Russ and I will get to now. Sean also has a book out that's on Amazon. You can order it. It's called The New York Rangers Rink of Honor and the Rafters of Madison Square Garden by Sean McCaffrey. It's available on Amazon for 1994. Great year. And Oh, wait. Before – I need a break for a quick second. Before we go to hockey – Okay. Let's go to our uh, let's go to our old friend Ryan Polowski. He uh, he let out a new video. He let out a new video of some kind of uh, basically a collaboration here. So let's uh, let's give him some spotlight here. Put this out for a minute.
unbelievable what what he does. The uh, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. Ryan Polowski bouncing basketballs off of a roof, off the siding, off his kid's head, and in the in a hoop. I mean, you just saw he had one. He had one of shooting a puck. He had one of shooting a puck over his house into the into the net, but it wouldn't let me uh, wouldn't let me download it. But he's been on the show before. Great guy. And love his videos, and figured we keep throwing them in the spotlight here for you. The uh, the montage you just put out there, Russ. I mean, pfft. would take me fourteen days to get two of those done. You just rattled off half a dozen that I'm sure took him a day. <laughs> um, so I guess starting with some NHL news here. There's a big news. Today. There's a lot of it. <laughs> there's a lot of it. Um. Big news, I guess, is that came out today was Carey Price is taking a leave of absence. He's entering the player assistance program. Which I didn't see that coming. No, so uh, don't know what it is. Could be a mental health thing. Could be an alcohol thing. Could be a uh, you know a drugs. Could be a number I, of I, things. I yeah, could be a number of things. You know, painkillers or whatever. Just I, yeah. Ho- hopefully he's all right. But it's definitely a big you know hurt to Montreal. Uh, don't know what's going to happen with them or how long he's going to be out, but uh, um, I never heard anything like this come out of people about Carrie Price. But what, what it could be, don't know. Um, but we'll have to see what have to see what happens. So I'm reading up on uh, on the uh, <clears throat> the article from Carrie Price leaving the team voluntarily to enter the NHL NHLPA Player Assistance Program. The Canadians indicated he'll be unlikely to be ready for the season opener against Toronto on October 13th. Their head coach said he was not doing well right now. Uh, the expectation was to ease him back into the lineup after he had off-season surgery to repair a torn meniscus. So right away when I see that, I'm thinking, all right, he probably had surgery, was down mentally, maybe a painkiller issue. It's all speculation. You don't know, but uh, maybe the rehab wasn't working out the way he expected and it isn't even a painkiller issue. Maybe it's just a, a mental issue that uh, the rehab wasn't going out, going back. At, the rehab wasn't going out as planned, and he wasn't coming back as quick as he would have liked. And maybe it got to him. They are keeping quiet about it. Price's wife did put out a comment or a uh, picture of the family and a comment uh, on Instagram. Also, it's got to be known that. Uh, Listen, he's 34 years old. He's been in the NHL for 15 years, old Montreal. He's in the fourth year of an eight-year deal that pays him $84 million. He was the guy that basically led, led, led this team on the run they made to the finals last year. He was a big part of it. That team was down on its luck when they, they fired their coach and brought in Ducharme halfway through the season as it was, and then things turned around. But losing him before the season starts, it's not a good thing. You got Jake Allen as a backup, but uh, Montreal's in a, in a little bit of a hole right now. Yeah, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen there? Um, for anyone who's not on Twitter, uh, Robin Laner created a, a giant shitstorm. Ross, I, over the weekend, I, I want to say shitstorm is an understatement. <laughs> he uh, accused Elaine Vigneault of basically distributing prescription pills with you know with you know without any uh, doctor's knowledge, just basically suggesting that they were just handing out these painkillers and all kinds of stuff. And uh, he had an issue with them years ago. And what do you call credits? The Islanders, I guess, helped, helped him clean up and get his life back together. And uh, 
think right now uh, some people were thinking that he's going off the deep end because he's been open about his mental health health issues. I think this is just a man that just wants the truth out there and doesn't want people to get affected the same way he does. I, I think that, you know, it is common practice. It seems like that back in the day, you know, you're supposed to be tough. Okay, here, take this, take this injection, you know, put this in your fucking knee, your knee won't hurt, you know, take these pills, you know, and it, it has an effect. You hear about athletes all the time that they, they'd rather smoke weed than take pills because they're in so much pain weekly that they don't want to be munching on pills and get addicted and, and, and sit there and, and, uh, you know, it affects their lives and their families. So it, uh, definitely caused a, a whole shit storm, especially accusing, they like said, accusing a current NHL coach of this and wanting him fired. So the NHL player association apparently did reach out to him and, but now nobody knows what's going on. So he did have a, uh, he did have a meeting with the NHL and the union a couple days ago. I uh, haven't heard much from it except that the meeting took place. Listen, in his tweet storm, he claimed he had evidence. He claimed the Vegas Golden Knights were not a part of this. This is something that's going on with other teams. It pointed out Vigneault in a series of tweets, called him a dinosaur. Basically implied that Vigneault, I guess, is uh, illegally doing this or is a part of this in some way. That's the, the, the connection. I mean, you could research who who's on Vigneault's team now that came down the pipeline of Laner, whether it was with the, with the Islanders, with Buffalo, where he's been before. You could put the pieces together if you wanted to. I'm not going to do that publicly and say, oh, the, his source must be this guy or must be that guy. But I'm sure the league is going to have a few comments for Vin. Uh, it's going to want a few comments from Vigneault to find out what's going on. And when a guy puts out a tweet storm saying he has evidence, I don't think he's doing that just for, for show. Uh, you're not going to ruin your reputation by saying, yeah, I got a bunch of evidence on A, B, and C happening, and then there's no evidence to back it up. So his comments can't be taken lightly, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, also, Evander Kane, I mean, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> we talk about gifts that keep on giving. This guy is certainly getting into that uh, that that realm of, uh, of superstar on this show. First, it was the uh, domestic abuse, divorce issue with his wife, claim, or soon to be ex-wife, claiming all these things. Then it was that he was betting on games, which he's been cleared of by the NHL recently. Now, Evander Kane is being uh, portrayed as somebody who might have produced a fake COVID vaccine card and not vaccinated before the season starts. I mean, it just keeps going on and on with this guy. Yeah, I, I, he's just... I think digging himself into a deeper hole, it's just getting worse and worse. You got people on that team that have said, you know, publicly or through other means, they don't want to play with him. They don't want him on San Jose. They 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 want out if uh, if he's a part of it. It's, when you got that kind of uh, <clears throat> you got that kind of distraction in the locker room before the season even starts, can't be a good thing for the team. You know, mentally. And with, you know, team building and everything else that they got going on, what they do with their preseason road trips and everything. I know the Rangers do that. They were in Rhode Island a couple days ago. This can't be good for San Jose if you're a San Jose fan. The the drama no, and no. the uh, behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on with Evander Kane and the team here, it's, just, it's not a good look. I, I kind of laughed. They, they did all this stuff to get Eric Carlson, and they were supposed to get better, and all they did was just go to the shitter. Yeah. Carlson and Burns were going to be the, you know, dy- dynamic duo on the blue line, and that was going to push them over the top. And uh, since he signed that mega deal there, Carlson hasn't been the uh, the same player. 
And San Jose hasn't been the team they, they were expected to be. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's a shame. Keeping up, uh, keeping up with NHL news, the Jack Eichel rumors are heating up, Russ. Teams now have access to his medical records. They're going to see – they've actually seen what's going on with him, where uh, the neck issue is, the herniated disc, talking about treatment or rehab or whatever they're talking about with disc replacement surgery, whether they're using artificial or uh, or a bone itself from a cadaver. Something I'm familiar with, Russ, I've had the surgery myself, had it a while ago. Uh, four plates in a – four screws and a plate in my neck. Rehab for me was four months. I had the surgery June 22nd. I know that it's a uh, it's a big day in my life, wife's birthday, and uh, had the surgery about eleven years ago. I was back to work by Labor Day, which uh, you know three month rehab. I have full range of motion, got a scar, took a hip bone piece of my hip bone, put it in. It's the same surgery that Eichel is uh, rumored to be uh, needing. As far as what they're going to do is a human bone or an artificial piece. The technology and surgery has gotten better. As the years have gone on, I guess teams are going to discuss that with his new super agent, Pat Brisson, and they're going to see the uh, the idea of rehab and recovery. Also, though, Buffalo's asking price, Russ, it looks like it's four pieces to the puzzle. Uh, whether it's a combination of NHL-ready prospects, NHL-caliber players, and or first-round draft picks, the number seems to be four. What are your thoughts on that for a guy who's damaged goods right now? Nah, it's it's too much. It's too much. This is going to turn even uglier as the season goes on. You know, if he was completely healthy, it's one thing. But to to not even have him for this season and to give up something for him right now, you know, it, it's a waste. The surgery's never been done with an NHL player before. So the phys- the physicality of the game and the uh, you know the the banging around of bodies, the checks that you can put yourself in, the positions. That unexpected blindside hits and everything. It's it's not a good surgery to have. It's never been done. The recovery isn't going to be easy. And then getting banged around and making something loose or or even further damaged isn't a good thing. When you have the surgery, it does affect the discs above and below the levels you're having done. When I had mine done, it was only C4 to C5. Uh, people have had multiple, multiple surgeries where they do numerous discs and put something in place. And that kills your range of motion worse than just having one done. So this hasn't been done before. Uh, listen, you can make it, any team can make a trade for this guy. First shift out there, you're not looking where you're going. You get blindsided by somebody and your career is over. It's, it's not a good situation to be in for the player or the team that acquires him with, uh, with this looming in the background. And rumors I'm seeing for the Rangers, team that we're heavily involved with, you're seeing names like Kratzoff, uh, Zach Jones, first round pick and maybe a goalie or another prospect down the pipeline instead of a goalie. You're seeing rumors like that. I don't know if I want to make that deal and ride with Shesterkin the whole way without Georgiev in the background. I, I like the one, two duo they have. If you're telling me that it's, you know, two first round picks and those two players I mentioned without the goalie. Sure. I'm having that conversation with you, but I like the goalie, the way uh, the goalie situation, the way they have it in New York. What about you? Yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's a good combination. I know some people are not crazy on Georgiev. He's had his moments, but, uh, you know, I, I don't see getting much better of a backup right now. And uh, I think Igor's going to play well. 
And then the, the whole contract situation with Eichel as well, just to keep going with him real sec, for, for a sec. $10 million a year. I mean, if you're retaining some salary, fine. If you're not, I don't like that contract on New York with the Mika contract having to get redone at the end of this year. Adam Fox is going to get paid buku bucks after this contract's up. I mean, you got guys around the league signing for six, seven, eight million, and this guy just won the Norris Trophy. I mean, how much is this guy going to get paid next? Then you got yeah, I know. you got Kako and, and Lafreniere who are going to be getting contracts as well soon. I think yeah, Kako's going to have a big year. So yeah, you're high Fox, on him. Fox, uh, Fox is Vesna. Fox's Norris came at the wrong time. It was way too early. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very excited for this year. Um, There's too much to get into right now, but uh, there is. Uh, Jeff, uh, real quick, Jeff Gordon is uh, going to be an in-studio analyst for the NHL Network this year. Listen, I don't think Gordon's going to work for a year or two in the league as far as the GM goes. I think uh, what I know on the outside from where I live and how close he is to me and what I hear, uh, he's got a kid in high school. I won't get into any further detail about that, but... Uh, I don't think he's going to uproot the family right now with a, uh, a son in high school who's not graduating for a couple of years. I think yeah. that uh, he's going to be doing this NHL analyst thing for a year or two. And then after that, I think you might see him uh, dip his toe back into the, the NHL GM uh, pool. But unless the situation is 100% perfect for him, I don't see that, uh, that happening right now for him. I think the NHL analyst gig is, is a perfect fit for him. As far as uh, the preseason wrapping up, real quick, just to end this segment about the NHL, Russ, you think the Rangers make the playoffs, right? I, uh, I'm i still leaning yes. on things. I think you're going to see I, – I, like I said, I am high on Kako, but now they got him projected to play on the line with Panarin and Strom. And you saw how much Panarin and Fox seemed to be on the ice um, when Panarin was, even though Fox is playing at first – you know, first line D. I think you're going to get a lot of chances for Kako because teams are going to dial in on covering Panarin. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm very high on him. Uh, I'm interested to see who they're going to give the captain, captaincy to. Uh, what do you call it? It's, my, it's looking like Kreider. And after last night, you would think so, right? I, I, I guess so. My only problem with Kreider is, is he shows up you know, like 40% of the time. He has those six, seven games where he looks like the Kreider that we all wanted and then disappears for a couple games, you know, and then, you know, it's, he goes through stretches that, you know, you're like, where, where is he? And then there are stretches where you, he's all over the ice everywhere. And, but I think they're going to end up naming him. Um, uh, I think they got a real issue with Zach Jones because they basically said the top five spots are filled for defensemen. He said Namath had his spot filled. Then you talk about Niels Lundqvist, who's played very well, but so is Zach Jones. And you're not going to put Zach Jones on the taxi squad. It's going to have to play in Hartford. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I thought Truba had a good year last year um, until the injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not looked good this preseason, but I think I think his contract's going to come back to haunt us. I don't, I don't, I don't see the eight mil worth there. And we have so many kids, especially with the uh, obviously Zach Jones. Uh, uh, you have Schneider coming up, and uh, Robertson, a couple people, and even Tarmo Runinen. You have a couple kids in the pipeline that 
apparently got some talent and uh, we're, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a big backlog real soon yeah it uh it came out today Lundquist is making the team and Zach Jones is going down to Hartford came out late this oh afternoon. it did came out late this afternoon that that's what's right. going on you know I, I know people were saying uh, well you know that you know they wanted Jones to make the team and not Namath, but at the same time, Namath, Namath is a, a solid veteran, and he, I think he was brought here to help the transition of Lund, of Lundqvist because with the whole Swedish thing. Yeah, it. Uh, he's, but the guy has proven himself to be a solid defenseman. You know, a solid defenseman anyway. So with Colorado, so I, I think people are just they don't know enough about him and want to see the kids play. But uh, we'll see what happens. I, I think we're going to be real solid. Fox and Lindgren as a top pairing is. Them being so young and already play a top pairing and playing it well, yep. I think could bode very, very well for us for years to come. Yeah, the NHL, the Rangers released, released a statement this afternoon that the New York Rangers have assigned Zach Jones to the Wolfpack of the AHL. It essentially right. clinched a roster spot for Nils Lundqvist. Uh, Gerard Gallant said as of, said last night that Nils, I think he's feeling really comfortable, and tonight I thought he played really good. So last night's game, I guess, yeah. must have been the deciding factor. When you look well, they play all they all played really well last night, and it was a near a near opening night lineup. So, listen, um, they play like that, they're making the playoffs. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Last night was a, a great game. Again, you play the Devils, but Devils are going to be competitive as well. All right, all right, buddy. So I'm going to get to the stock news, and then I'm going to wrap up the show. All right, I'm going to jump. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to jump off here. Yeah, you're going to jump off. That's fine. I'll wrap this up. Uh, I'll preview the next few weeks of what we got going on as well, and then uh, I, I even tried a new, I, I even tried a new chair for you and it didn't work. I got my I somehow doing these shows, my back seems to be cramping up like you wouldn't believe. We gotta set you up on the couch. We get you on the, can we get you on the casting couch? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, going on the casting couch, I gotta tell my wife to give me a hand. Well, uh, <laughs> literally, <laughs> maybe next episode we'll get you in the basement on the casting couch, and we'll see how that works out. We'll get a. Uh, Sprawled out Russ for the uh, for the show. <laughs> we'll try that. Yeah, the last few shows has been killing me here. The next show, next show will be the Shaw interview. I'll get into this after stocks, but uh, all right. The next I show see will if be I can that. Make that. And uh, so Russ, thanks for everything tonight. Thanks for Ryan coming on. Sorry we didn't get to Sean. We will reschedule him. But Russ, I'll see you uh, next Saturday for the Shaw interview on episode twenty-two, and then I'll wrap up stocks. All right. Have a good night, buddy. I'll talk to you later, everybody. Right. Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Going into stock news real quick, just before we wrap up the show tonight. Crypto is rising again. Bitcoin is back over 50,000. Now the new game that you're seeing played in uh, in crypto, like I, I like to call it the game, Shiba Coin, Shiba Inu, the dog. Kind of like a Doge thing, but I guess the second coming of Doge. Is now getting the newest push on uh, on the crypto exchanges. It's gone up like something like twenty four hundred percent in the past couple of months. Again, I'm not a crypto guy. I'm not involved in it. Not something I do. But um, you know, everyone's in, everyone's involved in it. It's uh, just not my cup of tea. OTC stocks, as we all know, the pink current gray market expert market deadline did come and go September twenty eighth. You did see stocks downgraded. 
which now the liquidity and the availability to trade them by major brokers like Schwab, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, Fidelity, and all those types, that has, uh, that has limited the volume in these guys. You're seeing now stocks that were trading 10, 10s and 20s, 30, 40, 50 million shares a day. Now it's down to like three to four to five million a day because the, uh, the stocks aren't pink and the availability to trade them is just non-existent. It seems like Interactive Brokers is the only platform that is allowing trading on these guys that are not pink. And that's where all the volume is coming from. Um, LTNC, topic we've covered a lot on this show. They were at the NACS show in Chicago this week. They just wrapped up day number two today. They won an award for the best new product in the water beverage category with the next level hydrogen water. That was a, uh, a contest that was voted on by the public with a couple of other waters involved. They did win. They are displaying their award at the, uh, the convention, the conference that they're at right now. That is a show that has potential retailers and executives from all over the world come and check out the product, check out the science behind it, check out the executives that are working with the company. It's a big schmooze fest. I uh, have seen videos that have been leaked, well, not leaked, but put out on Instagram and Twitter of the uh, LTNC executives there, Danny Day, Manny Pacquiao, the Fox News uh, conversation that was had about Manny and the water. So things are going with them. They're not pink yet. The uh, They're not pink, but the... The stock is getting there. You know, the way they make it seem, the way it seems to be, the lawyers are working. They will drop financials. They will drop an attorney letter. They will become pink from what I gather. Uh, I'm still waiting. I know a lot of us are waiting. A lot of people are down on their uh, on their investments. We'll have to see. But that's going to tie into our next episode, which is going to be October 16th, Saturday night. Basically, a uh, week and change from now. Sharmila Vizawam is going to be on the show. She was uh, one of the people that brought LTNC to the Twitter world and let everybody know about it back in February. She's very, very heavily involved in it. And we're going to have a conversation with her about that. We're also going to have a conversation with her about some crypto because she's putting out some stuff about Shiba. She's involved in that. She has been holding some Twitter spaces, interviews on her Twitter, talking about crypto. So we'll get into crypto with her as well. Uh, she's a real estate agent. We'll get into the world of real estate and how it's crazy with everything going on right now. I know where I live, housing prices are through the roof. Uh, something that hits the market is on the market for three or four days and snatched up. It's just crazy. And it goes above asking. Talk to her about that as well. Uh, Monday, October 18th, we will be doing another show. I will have a woman on the show. Susie Stocks will be on. She's uh Involved in a couple of Discord groups that I'm in, works in the finance field, uh, very knowledgeable about stuff that goes on that you don't really talk about when it comes to uh, to stocks, which would be balance sheets and behind the scenes stuff that she'll tear apart a balance sheet and tell you, oh, this isn't a good thing or oh, this is a good thing. I see this, this coming down the line, whether it could be an offering or something of that sort and nature. Very knowledgeable, someone I built a relationship with the past couple of months uh, on social media. She'll be coming on to discuss a few things with us on Monday the 18th. 
Also, finally, in talks with a law firm that specializes in OTC stocks, market manipulation, and fraud. Been speaking to them the past couple of uh, days now. They've agreed to come on the show, working on scheduling. I'm assuming it's going to be late October or early November that they will be on. Things will be announced with them shortly, but they'll come on. They'll do a couple of case studies on some fraud and manipulation that has happened that they've worked on that they're allowed to discuss. We will discuss a few stocks in particular on things we've seen them put out and what is, what is allowed, what is not allowed, what is questionable, uh, some shareholder rights when some things happen with manipulation, market makers, when they get involved in things. It'll be a good episode. Like I said, we will definitely uh, put out who they are and who the lawyers are that are coming on when everything is finalized. Still working on that right now. Uh, almost set to announce it though. And finally, our football bets. Russ is five and seven. I'm six and six. Sunday morning, you have the NFL in London with the Falcons and the Jets. We will be putting out our picks around 10 or 11 a.m. Uh, it'll be three picks. If we go head to head on anything, I'll let you know. If not, it'll be using the score lines, and that'll be where we get our info from. This is going to wrap up episode number 21. I want to thank Ryan for coming on. Again, sorry we couldn't get to Sean. We definitely will reschedule that. Like I stated before, Sean has a book on Amazon. It's called The New York Rangers Rink of Honor and the Raptors of Madison Square Garden. Definitely uh, give it a give it a look on Amazon. And it gets into a lot of NHL guys that their numbers aren't hanging in the rafters. They aren't the Mark Messier's, the Brian Leach's of the world in notoriety. But if you were a Ranger fan or a hockey guy in the New York metropolitan area, you definitely know these names. And it's a good info book on why they should be hanging up and their numbers should be up in the rafters and the story they have behind them that most of us do not know. We will get Sean on to, uh, to talk about the book as the NHL season goes on and scheduling is available. It will happen soon. Sorry we didn't get to you, Sean. I know it was a jam-packed episode. I was coming back after a few weeks off with vacations and everything else we had going on. All right, but that's going to wrap up episode number 21. We'll be back October 16th with our Shaw interview on Saturday night. Until then, everybody, good night from New York, and talk to you soon.